your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. So at the beginning of the show, we were hearing from Andriana, who was talking to us live from Western Ukraine, having fled Kiev. And we also heard from Father Roman of the Redemptorist there. He was giving her and many others a shelter. And they are about 35 kilometers from the Polish border. Polish, of course, Poland, of course, being an EU country. Um, and uh, we're hearing, unfortunately, increasingly of uh, Ukrainian civilians being targeted by the Russian military. Uh, Billy Kelleher is MEP for this constituency with Fianna Fáil and he's on the line right now. Good morning to you, Billy. Good morning, Joe. Now, you're going to hear, I understand, from the President of Ukraine in the next few minutes? Yes, indeed. He's addressing the Parliament. I assume it's remotely uh, that he will be addressing us, but President Zelensky will be speaking to the Parliament uh, in a matter of minutes. So, um, you know, we obviously want to hear from them. There is Huge uh, concern and upset uh, here in the Parliament about just what is happening and unfolding uh, before our eyes uh, in the Ukraine. And looking at the, the news bulletins and just seeing the number of people, um, you know, uh, we now have refugees in the hundreds of thousands uh, in Europe fleeing across borders. Again, it's something that none of us thought we would ever live or witness again. And it really is um, a terrible sight to, to see, um, as I said, in a, in, in a European country. Yeah, the front page of a newspaper you know very well. The Irish Examiner this morning has a photograph of a six-year-old in Ukraine. Uh, they were desperately trying to save her life. The photograph is extremely harrowing, I have to say that. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't, and uh, uh, the child died, and, and other examples of that um, as well. And I know that the call has come from Ukraine for um, rapid entry into the European Union. You know, is that possible? Is it something that uh, the EU will countenance? Well, I mean, uh, obviously it would have to go through a process. And I mean, look, I don't think it would make any difference today, tomorrow, next week, to the plight of the, the people living in the Ukraine, whether or not it is making an application to become a candidate country for the European Union. But what the European Union can do is open its borders in terms of refugees so they can come in out of the the war zones and then give them supports as well, humanitarian, uh, financial assistance, obviously sanctions against Russia and all of these things. But, you know, this is um, a full-scale war now. I mean, the Russians are pouring huge resources into um, the Ukraine. They have attacked uh, Kharkiv. They're now attacking uh, Kiev, the capital as well. Uh, you see the television programs, huge convoys of military vehicles uh, lining up to, to, to attack um, cities, uh, effectively attacking civilian areas as well. And the reports coming in from independent um, entities, you know, highlighting the fact that civilians uh, have been targeted as well by the by Russia, well, uh, which well, effectively well, are well, war I mean, crimes. How can the European Union um, and to, to an extent NATO too, um, separate organisations obviously, but there's overlapping membership uh, to an extent. How will they be able to stand by while Russia, as it seems certain, they will engage in the siege of Kiev? Um, and the slaughter of so many innocent men, women and children, um, uh, the, the, the view is, and understandably, I suppose, that this will come down to street by street combat. How is it possible that uh, Europe will, will stand by and not intervene militarily in something that is happening in Europe today? 
Well, look, Joe, that is a great question. It's a question that has to be asked by uh, Ireland. It's a question that has to be asked by the European Union itself. I mean, up until now, the European Union has been a political union, an economic union, but it hasn't been a military union. And and NATO uh, ordinarily do not get involved or attack a country unless it is actually a NATO member, and Ukraine wasn't a NATO member. So, I mean, in the event of Russia, you know, um, attacking NATO countries, clearly NATO would respond immediately, but uh, Russia hasn't done that. But, I mean, it, it is very difficult you know, to sit in a a parliament, to sit in Europe, which has, you know, huge resources in terms of uh, financial wherewithal. Um, Countries that are members of uh, NATO are also members of the European Union, uh, having large uh, military capabilities as well. Uh, And looking at then what's happening in the Ukraine, whereby, you know, it's people on their own, effectively, um, fighting the Togri of Putin and, and, and the Russian military might. Yeah, but but we know. I so mean, so so it is difficult. It is, di- but I mean, like from an Irish perspective, we're a neutral country. We're non-aligned. Um, you know, we can have a. Uh, we're not neutral when it comes to political issues, but we're neutral when it comes to military issues. So clearly, we will not be making uh, contributions uh, in 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 military capacity uh, to the Ukrainian people. Um, but we will try and provide other soft supports. Right. Um, in um, humanitarian but that is a significant but, but, challenge if you look, at, uh, if you look at next door to us for example we, we know and, and I think it's widely accepted that the Salisbury poisonings were carried out by Russian agents in England um, the, the similar use of polonium which is an extremely dangerous substance in general and radioactive um, to uh, kill somebody who was in opposition to Vladimir Putin in uh, the UK um, and what is, I mean, where's the evidence that if he is allowed to do this and without military intervention, eventually he will subdue Ukraine? There's no question about that. What, what, I mean, what's stopping him going into Poland um, or Estonia? What's stopping him going into the European Union if he believes that uh, in the end we'll stand by well, I mean that is the that is why there's a lot of concern here in the in the in the parliament. I mean, obviously the concern is for the immediate humanitarian implications of the war in Ukraine. But beyond that, looking at the new ge- geopolitical landscape that may evolve from this, is that you could effectively have uh, Russia being very aggressive, very confident if it gets away with you with what it's doing in the Ukraine, uh, looking with a jaundiced eye at um, you know former satellite states like Estonia, Latvia, Latvia, Lithuania. Poland, uh, Romania, that were all under the sphere of the old USSR. Uh, and there's no doubt, I mean, uh, President Putin um, is now a, a war criminal. He's a warmonger. Um, you know, he is willing to threaten uh, the European Union uh, and countries within the European Union that if they support Ukraine, that he will take it to the next level. He has effectively said that if, uh, if countries um, support Ukraine militarily in terms of giving them weapons, and if they're used against Russia uh, in Ukraine, that he is willing to retaliate. Uh, and that is a huge step. Right. Uh, and, from, and take um, to the next the, level, does, does that mean his 9,000 strong nuclear arsenal? Well, I mean, Joe, I mean, that is the, that is the big good. No, let's be honest. I mean, if he didn't have nuclear weapons, you know, we might be looking at a situation where countries would be willing uh, to support Ukraine more forcefully. But there's a sad reality here. Uh, Putin is a dictator. He's a war criminal as well, on top of that now. And, you know, he could be very easily willing to use uh, nuclear weapons. And nuclear weapons would not necessarily just be used in the Ukraine. They could be landed in cities across um, Europe. We we don't know what we're dealing with now. All we do know is that... uh, President Putin has decided to invade Ukraine and to start threatening uh, 
Europe in general with with further escalation in the event of there being any interference by our countries and, and, in, in the Ukraine itself. And Billy Kelleher, MEP, I mean, people are you know, drawing uh, analogies with um, Europe in the 30s. Um, Minister Patrick O'Donovan was on with us last week making that point um, and saying that, you know, there was a process in the 30s of attempting to deal with Nazi Germany um, through negotiation and some would call it appeasement and indeed many did by the end and Neville Chamberlain and his famous white piece of paper and it didn't stop Hitler because Hitler had a particular approach which wasn't going to be stopped and we know what it led to so where's the line here Billy is the point like wh- at, at what stage do you do you have to sort of say this far and no further? Well, I mean, certainly look at Romania, Hungary, uh, Slovakia, Poland, uh, the three Baltic states. They're all um, members of NATO as well. So evidently, if Russia decided to put a, a boot uh, across that border, I think there would be a major escalation immediately. But I mean, this is appeasement. It's uh, acquiescence in a, in a way because, I mean, he is dismantling, uh, you know, a country that was of no threat to, to, to Russia. But sorry, no, never just to be clear what you're saying there, Billy. So we are involved in appeasement. Well, there is, a, there is appeasement at the moment in the sense that Crimea was annexed in 2014 and nothing was done. Um, Russia has been involved in uh, eastern Ukraine, in the, the Donbass region and the Luhansk region for the last number of years, and nothing was done. So that is appeasement, uh, any way you like. And there's been apologists for that uh, in terms of you know uh, giving a free pass to Russia and to Putin in terms of what they did in the Crimea and in the in the eastern Ukraine region. So, I mean, to date, uh, you know, there was no sanctions brought to bear on Russia that were meaningful. The sanctions that are now in place uh, should have been brought to bear a long time right. ago. And the European Parliament oh, okay. did call for I, sanctions way before Christmas. Right. I want to let you back because I know you want to see um, what President Zelensky of Ukraine will have to say to you and other um, MEPs. One other quick point, though. Um, we can believe that when you're dealing with hierarchical structures and dictatorships as Putin has orchestrated in Russia, that they are monoliths and that you know there's no variety of opinion. Well, we've seen from protests on Russian streets, that's not true. So you would have to assume that there are people, you know, in his outer circle, certainly in the Kremlin and others who do not want this as it stands, and certainly do not want it to escalate any further. Is there any possibility that he'll be toppled from within? Well, I mean, he owns Russia, effectively. He controls Russia. He controls the army, the military, the political system. Uh, or do we just is, do we just think that, is my point. You, you, you know what I mean? Well, we, uh, we, we, all, we, often, he, we yes. always think that about dictators, until dictators fall. Yes, but at, at the moment, there doesn't seem to be any uh, way that that's going to happen in the short and medium term. And I mean, what we need is the short and medium term. I mean, if he's around for another week or 10 days or two months, you're going to have further uh, catastrophes uh, in the Ukraine itself. So, I mean, we have to deal, deal with what is in front of us for the immediate challenges. And I just don't see that happening, uh, unfortunately. I'd love to wake up and, and hear that President Putin has been taken out by um, his uh, top military uh, and that they are withdrawing from the Ukraine. But that's not happening. And the bottom line is, as I'm speaking to you, I know that there are thousands of refugees pouring across the border into Poland, into Hungary, into Romania, and there are missiles raining down on, on Kiev and Kharkiv and other cities across the Ukraine. So, the, you know, uh, all I'm saying is that we, we hope that some sense will be brought to bear 
by others around him if he can't do it himself. But in the meantime, uh, we have huge challenges. I raised the issue, for example, of the the um, Russian ambassador to Ireland. I mean, effectively, he has been, um, you know, uh, the apologist for, for Putin in the last number of days uh, on the airwaves telling us that they weren't going to invade Ukraine and mm-hmm. that it was a peacekeeping mission, etc. You know, uh, it is appalling what is happening. Right. And uh, he has been appalling and how he's conducted himself professionally okay. and politically. Well, and well, the gov- well, the government and, you know, it's a constituent part of the government, Fianna Fáil, of which you remember, they're not going to do that right now. They've made it clear in their view why. But, okay, listen, we let you go because I know you want to hear what President give Ukraine has to say to you and to other MEPs this morning. That is Billy Kelleher, Fianna Fáil MEP for this constituency. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today.